Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. And I'm Ashley. We're joined again by our friend Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi, guys. So, uh, Grant, you can find him online uh, at Twitter under uh, Hot Dog Cinema. You can also find his um, website where he talks about movies, which is hotdogcinema.wordpress.com. And today we're doing another one of our retro episodes where we talk about an older movie. And this is about Sorcerer from 1977. Grant's going to tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, so Sorcerer, like, again, 1977, uh, William Freakin film. He's a director of The French Connection and The Exorcist, amongst others. The film is about four, uh, shall we say, people with uh, a mixed past. You've got an American uh, mobster. Uh, a Middle Eastern terrorist, a dodgy French banker, <laughs> and a, a South American hitman who all find themselves hiding from the world um, and hiding from the law in some sort of South American village um, as part. Of, and they're working on a in a sort of village which is a doubling up as a kind of oil refinery. And these these guys are down on their luck, um, and they have the opportunity to get out of this situation because there's a there's a big fire at the oil refinery and in order to solve the fire they need to blow up the oil well um and to do that somebody needs to transport lots of pretty old dynamite across the rainforest and some rocky terrain into really old trucks um to get them to the other side to enable them to to blow up the oil well and these four guys are the people that end up driving these trucks through the forests um, uh, and across the terrain. Um, I think I will leave it there and hand over to you guys to start talking about the film. Yeah, I should mention too real quick that uh, Ashley and I had never seen this movie or heard of it, uh, but you tweeted about it uh, some months ago, and I'm always intrigued every time you talk about a movie Mm -hmm. I've never heard of, uh, or even the ones I have, but... Uh, I looked it up and I'm like, okay, um, Grant says this is good. So <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put it on the watch list. And yeah, so now we're talking about it. And I guess I should also mention too, this is, a, and I've never seen this movie, but it's a remake sort of of Wages of Fear, which I guess was based on a novel called The Wages of Fear. But um, yeah, so. Um, I really liked this movie. Um, it takes a little while to get going, but I, I ended up appreciating that. It, it spends some time you know, on kind of the backstory of each of these characters and why they ended up in this place, why they're hiding out there. Um, and I thought that was good and necessary. You have to pay attention because, um, um, you know, who these guys are and kind of what they're involved in, it's not kind of hand-fed to you. You have to really um, pay attention. There were several times where Matt and I were talking and clarifying between ourselves what is actually happening here <laughs> um, and who these people are. Um, but it, I'm glad that it, it sets all that up and it takes that time. Some people might find it a bit slow at the beginning, um, but the payoff is rich because once they get on those trucks and they're transporting that dynamite through the jungle, um, despite the fact that they're all re- kind of criminals, you, you do feel for them and you, 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 you know, you want them to, to succeed. And so the tension, the tension is high and that's kind of where the payoff of this movie is. It's, very suspenseful um and it's very uh kind of a big achievement in 
special effects. I don't know. I don't know if I want to call it special effects because I think it's all kind of real. That's where you're left wondering um, after this movie, how did they do certain things? And there's one big set piece that I'm sure we'll talk about where they're drive. They have to drive both trucks over a suspension bridge that's over a raging river during a torrential rainstorm, and it all looks very real. And I, yeah, I don't know how they did it. So just as like an achievement of movie making, it seems like um, something worth watching, but it's also very successful as a suspense um, tale. Yeah, this movie has a lot of physical moving parts in it like that are put together to create pretty, pretty fantastic set pieces uh, pretty, uh, and a lot of tension that goes along with them. And yeah, this comes from an era before, you know, a lot of CGI effects and, and whatever. So I'm watching it and I'm not taken out of the movie, but I'm also... Um, a bit in awe of the production of it because I'm like, this is all, I mean, it's all, it's not real, real, but I mean, it, it's, it's, it's created, uh, in a real sense and it's very tactile and it has that look and feel of it. Um, so I like that. And yeah, this movie is very deliberately paced. Um, it's funny, Grant, like, so Grant's sort of synopsis of, of its main plot is the same synopsis similar anyway that I read about it before we watched it. And what I find amusing is, I mean, that doesn't really get underway until almost halfway through the film. <laughs> um, so I think it's good to know that. Like, so I think if you have patience with this movie, I think you'll be rewarded. Um, and, and don't just look at this movie as like, and don't look at your watch like, okay, like when are we going to get to the part where they're trying to, you know, uh, take this dynamite across this, you know, 200 miles. Like if you allow yourself to just uh, experience and enjoy the, the setup and, and, and the buildup to the main thrust of a plot. Um, I think, I think it's, that's enjoyable as well. Um, it is very, um, I, I guess you would call these people anti-heroes or I don't even know if I call them heroes, <laughs> But it did occur to me at one point where, you know, we are invested in these four uh, characters. Um, and two of them have, we've seen um, murder people. One of them we've seen shoot somebody uh, who didn't die. Uh, and the fourth, um, who's uh, committing, you know, money fraud, um, sort of inadvertently causes the suicide of somebody else. So, I mean, these aren't, <laughs> if you look at the world in black and white, these aren't good people, right? But humanity is complicated, and these people, these characters are complicated, and you do find yourself maybe either rooting for them, or maybe what we're doing is putting ourselves in their places, mm-hmm. and sort of experiencing this along with them, and I think maybe that's where a lot of the tension comes from, too. So, yeah, um, throw it back to you, Grant. Yeah, I, was, I, I think uh, you two have... have of hit something which I was going to I was going to mention in my reflections, which is you're completely right about the sort of the pacing of the film and the slow build. I mean, the, most of the first half of the movie has nothing to do with them tearing through the jungle, right? With this dynamite, it's building up the sort of. I mean, the first half hour is almost you kind of think, well, am I, am I watching the right film here? Because there's four kind of different weird stories going on, and you think none of these guys can be the hero. They're all pretty bad guys. <laughs> And then they all turn out just kind of kind of be that. And I, I like I think the acting performances from the those four men are very good. Uh, and Roy Scheider is probably in it, one of my sort of I like I like his performances in the seventies. And I think this film 
is probably his best performance at that pit in, at the 70s films that I've seen. I think he handles the role really well. Um, and I, I particularly like the ending. I mean, I'm not going to jump around a little bit in my, in my comments, but um, the final bit of the film where, um, you know, he's the only survivor of this expedition sitting in that bar and then um, a character turns up that you're not expecting to turn up and you think, oh, no, it's not going to end well, end well for Roy either. Um, and as that happens, there's this, this sort of tangerine dream who do the soundtrack, this sort of synth music kicks in as a slow build. And I I love that sort of two or three minutes. Um, but I think the, the other thing that is noticeable about, about the film is that it kind of feels like everything is building to that bridge set piece. You know, you can almost imagine the director thinking right now, when are we filming that? <laughs> because everything sort of heads towards that scene. And I, I think, I know some people who don't like this movie very much. They kind of say it's too slow. I don't like any of the characters. It's very male dominated. You know, there's not a lot here for me to like. But I don't know anybody who doesn't say that that sequence, you know, engrosses them. Because it's done so well with both rain sort of bashing down <laughs> and um, uh, that bridge that is, yeah, it's, it's going to go. You can see it's going to go. Um, and I, I kind of feel that that's the real standalone jewel in the movie. Um, but there's lots of other things around that and other sort of smaller set pieces, which if they were on their own in a film would be very highly regarded. It's just that nothing really quite comes as close as that one crossing the bridge sequence. Um, and I wanted to ask you as well, did you guys feel surprised? Because one of the things that I remember from the first time I watched this is towards the end of the film, um, there's, a, there's an explosion. <laughs> and, and that took me completely by surprise. And I, I, and I thought, oh, gosh. Because, you know, as, as Ash has said, you've come to care for these pretty bad people. Um <laughs> And I think it's brilliant how freaking kind of evokes that that you, you're, you're you're willing them to you know to do to, to do this and survive the movie. Yeah, I definitely was shocked at that moment, and I don't want to give I don't want to say like who was caught up in that explosion, but yeah, um, that is that was very shocking to me. Yeah, well, there's this there's the constant threat of explosion, right? Um, but in the, those moments where it seems most likely, there's a lot of buildup and tension, right? Um, but then when the, when an explosion actually happens, there's none of that. And that's what's shocking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I was floored by that. <laughs> yeah. That said, so since we're talking about explosions and stuff, you know, I mean, they're, they're transporting this highly, um, um, I can't, the word escapes me. Highly blow upable. <laughs> nitroglycerin. <laughs> nitroglycerin. Uh, highly volatile substance. That's what I'm looking for. And, uh, and, and there's this conversation. So uh, before, like, so the foreman of this oil refinery, you know, is having a conversation with some, somebody about how, cause they're needing to get this, you know, to, to stop the fire that, you know, I know Grant talked about earlier. <laughs> and, so they're like, well, why don't we just transport it by air, like plane or helicopter or something? And and this one dude's like, no, 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 no. Like it's too, like there's, you, uh, no matter how, you know, smooth you try and fly, you're always going to encounter turbulence. And this stuff hits turbulence and like, kaboom. So like, ah, well, I guess we can drive it 200 miles from the point A to point B. 
And so they do. I mean, that's what the whole back half of the movie is about. And I mean, there were several moments I, I said to Ashley, I'm like, well, I'm certainly glad they didn't take it, <laughs> take it by air and encounter turbulence because nothing, this whole, this whole journey by, 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 by truck or whatever is just nothing but them bouncing around. <laughs> and so that, that was, that was maybe if I, if there's something I'm going to ding this movie on, it, that was a bit of a, a weak plot element. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, well, why didn't this stuff blow up all the time? And it's like, well, because the movie needed to happen. So, so yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a bit of an implausible um, plot point. But you're right. In order for the movie to happen and for for us to have these wonderful scenes in the jungle, um, that's that's kind of the explanation we're given. But uh, and I and I did think that the the scenes in the jungle were were really well done. Um, you really get a sense of I don't know. You can almost feel the humidity in the mud and the swamp because there's a swamp section. Um, you can, it's very tactile, like Matt, like Matt said earlier. Um, so that's all really well done. And the rainstorms are amazing. I don't know how they, how they filmed those because, um, you really, you really feel that. Um, so yeah, from just from a, from a cinematography standpoint and from a, just a filmmaking standpoint, it all looks really good. And Grant, you mentioned the Tangerine Dream score. I really like that too. That mm. kind of synthy string score that, um, really kind of added to the tension and the kind of the strange strangeness to everything. So yeah, I wanted to ask you, Grant, so what is it about this movie like that you like the most? I can't, I, I think it's, it's, it, it's almost the two halves that we mentioned. The first half is a kind of a thriller where you kind of think, where's this going? And the second half, it almost feels like it's, it's otherworldly, it was to me anyway. It feels like you you could be in almost like a science fiction film, um, and I think that's particularly noticeable if you look at the way that the ending is shot when Roy Scheider is sort of um, driving the truck through a rocky landscape. It looks like the moon or something. Mm-hmm. It's really strange colours, and you think, God, where the, where the hell is he? You know, where is he? <laughs> and these people have been on a journey, um, you know, which is I think a metaphor for soul searching and all sorts of stuff, but it just seems to take them to like another plane. Um, and I, and I, I think I like it a lot because of the, I think the technical aspects of the film are very good. Like the photography, I've put a couple of the shots, my favorite shots from the film up on, on my Twitter account in the past, but I think there's, there's just so many shots in the film that are like standalone posters and they look so good. Uh, and, and yeah, the film kind of just works for me and, uh, I think I have seen Wages of Fear, and I think this film is better than that that film. Um, but perhaps Matt, you would prefer the original French movie because it spends a lot less time on the run up to um, uh, the, the expedition, if you like, across the across the jungle. Um, uh, and in this movie, there's a lot more of that kind of background on the characters, but. I, I like that. I like the fact that you find out... Well, the, I think the interesting thing is that there's a lot of background on three of them mm-hmm. and you find and you, you realise that these three people are pretty bad. And I love the way they, they they don't tell you too much about the fourth guy. And in your head, you're building up, <laughs> you know, what the hell has he done? Because the rest of them, you know, he's kind of portrayed as um, worse than the other three. 
but you don't really know why. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I should I should clarify. I I liked the um the first half, I guess, uh, sort of the sort of build up, um, particularly the first half hour when we sort of have the four vignettes of of these these men and and what they're doing in their respective parts of the world, which is not very good things. Um, I I a couple of things I will say about that. I, I wasn't expecting that per se though because of you know all the description of this movie kind of basically seem to start with the second half. Um, but I do think, I don't know this for sure, but I do wonder if I was overall okay with this movie because I knew where it was going to eventually be going. And the reason I say that is I, I, I know me and I know my, my viewing habits and I can see myself, if I didn't know what like the back half thrust was going to be the film. I can see myself starting to become invested in those vignettes. I mean, because in those we are, we get a mob movie. <laughs> we get uh, a Middle Eastern terrorist movie. We get a French, you know, bank fraud film. <laughs> we get a hitman uh, movie. And any one of those, it's like, wow. I mean, you can pursue, you can go down these rabbit holes <laughs> and have a really good film. <laughs> But this film ain't about any of those. I mean, it's about one person from each of those, basically, that they all end up in a completely different part of the world, doing a completely different thing than we saw them doing previously. Um, so I, I can see myself, if I had not known where this movie was going, I can see myself sort of having become disappointed that those four different types of movies we saw, like nothing really ever came of them, uh, at least plot points. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I've note I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Grant or Ashley, but uh, after I watched the movie, I was reading up some trivia on it. So yeah, this movie was directed by William Friedkin, and I guess he didn't get the actors that he wanted. Um, I don't know if you knew this, Grant, um, but yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Roy Scheider, for one thing, was not his first choice. No, no, no. <laughs> And, uh, Steve, I think it was Steve McQueen. Yes. And um, I think the thing I read was, I guess Steve McQueen was either dating or married to Ali McGraw at the time. And I guess that was his condition. It's like, I'll, I'll do this movie, but you have to find a part for Ali McGraw. And, and they were like, no, there's no real part for her here. And he's like, well, I'm out. So, and then, I mean, but here's the thing, that the, the bad thing is like, apparently that then, he had a couple of other guys um I guess in mind for the hitman and the Frenchman and those two actors who I guess are, I guess more well-known. Um, once Steve McQueen was out, they were out. But I think the bad thing is like William Friedkin, when he talks about it, I mean, he kind of goes off on Roy Scheider in a really backhanded way. And then he also just says like, and everyone else is pretty much my fifth, sixth or seventh choices. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a little rough, man. I mean, I think these actors all did a fine job. And I will go a step further and say that the, none of these actors are megastars. I mean, I think a lot of people, at least a lot of people maybe who watch cinema of a certain era know who Roy Scheider is, but he's not a megastar. Never was. Um, but they're all very capable journeyman actors. And I think that's all you need for this movie. This movie to me is not about the star power. 
Um, this movie to me is about the plots and it's more to me of a technical film. It's like you said earlier, actually the cinematography, the direction, the, the setting, the, the production, um, and the way it's put together and the tension that is built from it. Yes. You need good acting to be part of that. But in my opinion, you don't need Steve McQueen in this movie. Um, I think you, I think we did fine. Uh, with just who we got. Yeah. Well, and sometimes a big name actor like Steve McQueen can distract from, you know, other parts of the film, the important, the more important parts of, of this film, which you said are the technical aspects and the set pieces. Steve McQueen might distract from that. You never know. Yeah. Well, what do you think about that, Grant? I, I agree with Ashley. Um, I think I kind of feel that if you did have somebody like Steve McQueen, he'd have a tendency to eat the scenery. Um, and, <laughs> I, I, and I, I've heard Friedkin put down Chida for this and the other actors as well and say that Sorcerer would have been a lot better if he'd had his first choice cast. Um, but I, as I said, one of the reasons I really like this film is um, I, I think they, do, they don't just do a good job. I think they're very good because in order to get the audience or the viewer to care about a pretty bad character takes some acting skill. Mm-hmm. And they do all do it quite well, and you you you, you know that none of them, none of them are playing straight faced villains. These are quite complex characters who, yeah, you know, they've ended up on the bad side of the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but then throughout the film, you do see some of their redeeming features. Um, both, particularly, I think, with the with the French banker and the um, the, the the terrorist, the Middle Eastern terrorist. I think both of those characters really come out actually as being. Uh, perhaps much more um, good, if you like, than they were originally portrayed. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So, any any final thoughts you have about Sorcerer Grant? Uh, just that I, I I would like to say that there is one other scene we haven't mentioned, which is when they're doing the trucks up. Oh yeah. When they get when they're getting the trucks ready. That montage. And, uh, that montage is, <laughs> is superb. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess we should mention this too because. I'll be honest with you, it, it just sort of went over my head. Um, Ashley had to put me on this. One of the trucks, they, they call it Sorcerer. Right, yeah. So I'm not sure, you know, where the title comes from, but certainly one of the trucks is called Sorcerer. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. so, yeah. Because I remember watching almost all of this movie, and I'm like, huh, so good movie. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what the title has to do with it. But then, yeah, Ashley was like, oh, well, one of the trucks is called Sorcerer. And I'm like, oh. Well, it's easy to miss because it's really kind of dingy and yeah. you can't really read it all that well. Yeah. But perhaps it has a different meaning. Yes. Well, yeah, you can read into it other things. Yeah. I think, I think, I think uh, some, some, some critic has commented that it's um, supposed to be the Wizard of Fate. Oh. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I, which maybe, but um, uh, I do know quite a few people who watched it, and they, they sort of said, "Where's the sorcerer?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So, Grant, what would you give this out of ten? Uh, it's a nine for me. Okay, Ashley. Big fat nine. I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I give it an eight too. So, um, our score is an eight point three. And that is 1977's Sorcerer, recommended by Grant, watched by us and approved by all three of us. So, uh, Grant, thank you for joining us. Uh, Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you.